Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is Ike Maunga here on Thesey's Ship. Um, this is the podcast where we talk about race and racial issues here in America. Um, I'm not like anybody special. I'm not like a politician or a sociologist. I'm just a biracial American living in America. And this is the podcast where I just talk about things that I notice. Anyway, uh, I hope everybody has been having a good Halloween season, despite all the craziness that has been going on in this year um, between, you know, COVID-19 and people losing their jobs and uh, the crazy politics that are happening. I hope you guys have been able to find some bit of peace and joy in this fun season because we are going into the holidays, which is always shouldn't say always. I shouldn't use absolutes. That's uh, that's uh, that's what the Sith does. You know, only the Sith uses absolutes. Only the Sith use absolutes. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I uh, the holidays are fun for me. Is uh, is what I should say. Um, and I always love starting it with October because it's like, you know, this is when we're kind of wrapping up the year and. We have the three months to kind of celebrate and Halloween season just kind of eases me into that. Um, I usually celebrate Halloween season with playing like horror games. Um, I've been playing a lot of zombie games lately. And um, we also, me and my wife, we also watched the Purge series for the first time. Shout out to my sister-in-law, Natalie Checkets, for giving us, or not giving us, but rather letting us borrow her uh, DVDs. And yeah, we watched uh, we watched The Purge, which was an interesting movie. I remember it being like very popular when it came out because uh, it's just, a, it's like such a fascinating concept for a horror movie because it's nothing supernatural. Um, I wouldn't even call it a horror movie, but I mean, like they tried to add scary elements to it. I, I think of it more as like a thriller slash action movie, but I don't know. I guess you could classify it as like a horror movie. But what's cool about it is that the horror is um, like it's it's America, <laughs> which, uh, you know, some you know, when I was like watching this movie, it's some of the things didn't feel too far off, which. Uh, you know, it is it is kind of scary um, for those of you who don't know what the purge is. And if this is like the first time you've ever heard of the purge, um, it's it's a movie series that takes place in an alternate version of America where um, one day a year, all criminal activities are legal, including murder. And they always include it's so funny because like in the movies they have this announcer you know like how they have that like amber alert thing going and then somebody announces it's like some woman computerized voice that announces that the purge is happening and they say like all crime is legal including murder and i i thought about that because i wonder if like the first year you know and um like I, I don't know like when it happened was like nobody committing murder and then so they had to like include that and like uh hey just so you know like murder is included in this too like you can you can murder people and people are like oh, oh okay <laughs> and that's the the purge that we get 
anyway um yeah so this movie is about an alternate america where this day it's like a celebrated day where people just let out all their aggression and commit these criminal activities and supposedly it helps bring down crime and unemployment um i don't know how it solves the unemployment but i guess i could kind of see how it helps with crime um but regardless it's a it's an interesting concept and i remember when it came out i think at the time i wasn't like really interested and then as i got older and more involved in uh you know what's going down in the streets i was like i wouldn't mind watching the purge and then now that i've seen the purge um still not that opinionated about it but it's it's a good it's a good exploration it's provided some interesting um aspects of america that uh i think hit pretty i don't know i feel like some aspects of the movie really hit close to home the moral of like the purge was mostly about this like war between poor people and like the rich you know kind of in like a joker-esque like kill the rich type way and um and it was a yeah so it's interesting seeing that aspect of it however when i watched it um i kind of took i kind of looked at it through a racial lens because it was kind of peculiar to me that the rich people were mostly white i think there was maybe like one ethnic guy in all of the purge series that was a rich person um but it was really interesting that they like the rich people were all white essentially there i go using absolute saying that they were all white um trying not to be a sith here so most of them were white um countering that the poor people were again almost all of them were not white they were like some ethnic group it was mexicans or blacks um and there were some white people but i just thought it was interesting how much they like really pushed that and i don't know if the filmmakers the filmmakers even noticed that they did that um and if they didn't that's even more interesting because it, it just means that they have this kind of idea of like what a poor person is and it just so happened to be ethnic groups so anyway that's what i'd like to talk about now i'd like to kind of dive into these films and and go through them but through this racial lens because again there's been like many analysis 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 there's been many people who have analyzed this uh film series where they talk about you know this war between poor people and rich people and if you're not familiar with any of these um discussions basically the purge is designed to benefit the rich because the rich have resources that they can protect themselves during the purge and really it's just a day to kind of like get poor people to kill each other um and looking at this film through a racial lens i feel like it's not too different from that except just replace rich people with white people and then poor people with um ethnic groups and i, I kind of want to just like 
talk about these films and kind of go through my thoughts um, coming from this this angle. So the first purge was about this family and just how this family survives the night of the purge. Um, and this family was a it was they were a white family and they um, oh <laughs> sorry before all of this I guess I should give a spoiler alert but if you're an avid moviegoer I mean like the spoiler the movies are all pretty predictable uh, so I don't know how much I'm really spoiling much but I will put it out there anyways anyway spoiler alert because um, I'm going to be talking about maybe some revealing things of the film again I, it's all predictable but anyway so yes the first one is about this white family in like the suburbs and they kind of like explore these characters like the dad in the family is uh, he's um, he sells like security systems so he's like an upper middle class you know he's able to put his family into this like upper middle class um, home and they live in like this neighborhood with kind white people and um, everything hits the fan when a poor person who was portrayed by a black guy um, he is like fleeing his attackers from the purge and um and he comes to this home and the son who is like the most compassionate character lets the guy in and um the homeless man comes into the home and the people who are attacking him threaten everybody in the house that like hey if you don't bring that guy out we're gonna just come in and kill everybody inside the house and so this guy the um the main character his whole goal is to like protect his family and he thinks that by turning this guy into the mob um, we'll do that and it's just an interesting take because um, you know the, the whole movie series is kind of spot on with the whole this is how the purge treats poor people and this is how the purge treats rich people um, but I'm taking it a step further and maybe even maybe it's a bit of a stretch but um, it's it's kind of helped me realize that that's a common this whole notion of like i need to protect my family and like i need to protect these people that's a um i feel like that's a common thing that i hear from white people when it comes to not helping others <laughs> i know this sounds like i'm bashing white people and i really don't mean to um these are just things that I've noticed, though, because every time I try to bring up uh, like a problem or um, a racial injustice in America, um, white people tend to be more concerned about how it affects them. Um, and uh, and, and I don't think that that's like a bad thing. Again, I'm just I'm just saying things that I notice because obviously you should protect yourself. You should protect your family. Um, the the thing is, is that white people are usually more lenient to do it by any means necessary. And that, that does include um, not helping others. And I think that's what this whole, like, I don't know, again, it's, it's kind of watching it. This is all I could think about because you have this white family 
who is locked up in their their safe space and not even acknowledging anything that happens in the purge. Um, and the only character in this first film is the son who is kind of troubled by all these horrific crimes that happened during the purge. And he like tries to consult his mother and his mother just says, well, don't forget all the good that has come of the purge. And uh, it's that kind of mentality that I, I see with white people um, in general. And of course, there are exceptions to everything. So again, don't think that I'm don't think that I, I don't want people to think that I like hate white people. These are just things that I notice. So yeah, watching this film and seeing how this white family uh, is kind of just oblivious to all the things that happens outside of their home when you have somebody who's black gets thrown into this world, it's almost like all hell breaks loose because um, they're they're unaware. I think even one of the main characters even says it. He says things like this aren't supposed to happen in our neighborhood. I feel like that's what the problem usually is, is that um, when talking to some white people, they're, they don't want to accept that there are still problems in their world, you know, and they their whole concern is just protecting themselves. So I'm going to give a real world example here and talk about um, George Floyd. When he was murdered and when I saw the video clips of that, I immediately identified with George Floyd. Whenever this happens, there are, are white people who are just quick on the defense of like, well, it's just one bad cop. And once, and I didn't realize it until I think I was watching Dave Chappelle's special that he, um, he brought up that, that white people don't identify <laughs> with George Floyd because that's a black man and that they actually identify more with the cop. Um, he didn't, he didn't give that exact example, but this idea of like identify who you identify with in these circumstances or these situations or these crimes that happen. And so when George Floyd um, was murdered, I, I identified with, with George Floyd. And it didn't dawn on me that, that other people identify more with the cop. And it's, and that's why they're on the defense is that they don't, you know, Oh, I, I, don't want to be seen as evil. I don't want to be, you know, labeled as this. And so they're quick on that defense without realizing um, what the other side is like even complaining about. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's where the divide comes every time there's like a, you know, a, a tragedy like this. It's really, to me, I think it boils down to who you identify with in these tragic situations. So again, me, I every time I see a tragedy of, of police brutality, I see myself as the victims. And, it, and I, I will fully admit, I think it's because of my race. I think I'm closer to a black person because I think that's how people see me. Um, I don't think they would see me as an upstanding white citizen, but they would see me closer to um, a black male. And so that's why I identify more with these victims. And that's why I'm quicker to defend. And that's my personal bias. And I don't think that that bias is necessarily bad, but I do believe that it is a bias. And so bringing it back to the purge, um, it was an interesting take because 
again, this is, I feel like this is how white people act. They act like they're in this home and they are comfortable and they want to live in that comfort. And it's only until somebody comes along and with, with a struggle um, and interrupts that comfort that you get two reactions and the reactions can be symbolic from the characters in the movie. So the dad is immediately, I want this person out. I just want to like survive the night. We got to get him out of here. I don't want to hear about like his problems. And then you have um, the more compassionate son who let him in the first place and wants to give him like refuge and, and wants to help. And he doesn't want to hurt him. He wants to be a help. And, and again, I feel like that's very um, reflective to our real world America. I feel like every time there's a tragedy, there are people who are uncomfortable with it. And I think that is perfectly reasonable. But as somebody who is ethnic, I, I implore you to just please step out of that comfort zone uh, because there are plenty of ethnic groups who are not comfortable, who are, who are victims. And, um, and I feel like it's always easy to brush off and like, oh, people play the victim. It's like some people play the victim because they are the victim. So I always, I see that reaction, but then I also see the compassion that some, uh, that white people have when these tragedies happen. And it always warms my heart when, when they can step out and, and realize that they have a level of comfort, but are willing to step out of that comfort zone to help somebody who is less comfortable. Um, and I'm speaking very, very softly considering I'm talking about the purge, but I'm talking in real world America, like there, I feel like it's always that split of people who just want nothing to do with it because it's, it, it'll, it'll take them out of the comfort zone or people who are genuinely compassionate and, um, willing to, to help. And again, I, I, <laughs> I feel like I got to keep saying this, but like, I, I don't want people to think that I hate white people. I'm just noticing behaviors that I see. Anyway, moving on to the second purge. Um, what's cool about these purge series is that as the movies progress, it kind of broadens. So the first one is about this family and how they survive the purge. The second purge um, was kind of this like Guy Ritchie-esque um, storytelling of where like there's like four different stories and then they all come together at the end. But it kind of broadens it to show how people like in the city and in poorer districts survive the night. And that one, looking at it with like a racial lens, um, it, it, I mean, there, there really wasn't anything to explore there because um, you had Frank Grio, who was like the main guy uh, who's, you know, he's white. I mean, he's, he's Italian and I feel like Italians are kind of in my realm, you know, where we don't. We're not really seen as Americans, but we're not really seen as ethnic, like blacks or anything. So, so we're just kind of like stuck in this uh, weird discrimination purgatory, I guess, of not being fully discriminated. But, you know, acknowledge that we are different. Anyway, uh, so we got Frank Rio, who is a, a white guy. And then you had um, like Mexican gals. And then you actually had a white couple. Um, but the one thing that I will point out that I found was interesting that they added into this second installment of the purge, um, they talked more about these 
the, like the creators of the purge and the creators of the purge were was this political party called the new founding fathers of america um the nffa is what they were called and then um <laughs> again i don't know if this was intentional but the people who were against the nnfa um were the anti nnf or nffa uh, which sounds very close to, uh, I don't know, Antifa. <laughs> so again, I don't know if that was intentional. Um, but regardless, what was interesting is that they explored the whole new founding fathers of America. And it was like this white spokesman that spoke on behalf of the purge. And then this, um, and then the anti NFFA like leader who was black um, had a very like black Panther vibe to him, you know? So I thought that it was interesting that they, they showed that and um, spoiler alert uh, in this film, the group that's like trying to survive, you know, they're just regular old citizens. They get caught in this, um, this like weird hunting most dangerous game type event that rich people like auctioned and they like go out to try and like hunt them and it seems like they're cornered but just as they're cornered the anti-nffa come and they save the group except for one guy who dies um but they save the group and the and the people that like save them it's it they're they were all black and it i feel like they strongly resembled the black panthers um, which was interesting to see. And, I, and again, this is what kind of made me think that I should talk about this movie because I don't, I, I, I refuse to believe that this wasn't intentional, that most of these people fighting were, um, were black. And, you know, when you're watching the movie, it's almost like, well, duh, like, of course people are going to respond with violence and like, you know, people who are not okay with the purge, they're going to, organize and, and and attack the rich but the the problem with you know these storytelling is that you you get kind of a bias when watching it because um when you're watching it it almost feels like like well of course these people are being evil and these anti-nffa come and they save the day and it's you know heroic but if I, I try to like take a perspective of if I was actually in this America and I can easily see that this group of these black shooters who are saving, you know, who are destroying these um, white purge events, I can't help but think that if I was an actual citizen there, there would be some um, crazy like right wing nut who says that these black groups are extremely violent and and really pin it on them that they are rebelling against something good and i think that's just the the way that propaganda works um so again it's like when watching this movie of course it's easy to look and say you know that the these shooters were in the right but looking at it from a real world perspective there are groups who are like that and they are not treated the same 
they are not treated with this whole like, well, they were justified. Instead, they're seen as as violent and dangerous and a terrorist organization. And I'm not making any statements, but I'm just pointing out that it's all about perspective, you know, and um, that's something that these purge movies I feel like have helped um, reveal to me is how people's perception um, skews their understanding of clearly violent things. Like, I think it's so interesting to me because like the, the purge on the surface and like to us, to viewers, it's so blatantly wrong. But in this world, people actually love it. They are, um, they're, they're participants of this system and they love it. And I don't want to put it on the nose, but it doesn't that kind of sound familiar about the American system and how people truly love it, you know? And, and it just makes me wonder, it's like if we could step out of our, if, of our movie, of our version of America, could we see that some people might not have the same experience, which is why they don't like the system. Anyway, moving on to the third one, which was probably my favorite one, just because um, it, like I said, these movies progress and they get broader and broader. Um, so the first one was about the family. Second one was about people just surviving in the streets. And this third one involved the politics behind it. And um, this time we got to see more of these NFFA members. And there was one person in their party who was running um, they decide to like order a hit on their opposing candidate because their opposing candidate um, is in favor of getting rid of the purge. That's her whole push is, uh, is that if she wins, she's going to get rid of the purge. All these uh, NFFA members are white. So, you know, you had your suspicions during the first and second one. And then the third one just confirmed it like, yeah, no, all these all these people are white. And these anti-NFFA were again just a very diverse group of people it wasn't even like all black people but it was just a diverse group so it just goes to show you know diversity is progressive and diversity is good anyway that's my little tangent i think that is pretty objective um i'm not even going to try and like ride the fence on that diversity is good anyway um, so I like this one because it involved uh, politics and, you know, I could talk about this movie a lot, but one thing that I thought was very interesting um, at the end. So, at the, so again, spoiler, uh, the politician who wants to end the purge, she ends up living and um, and at, because she survives, she was able to like um, continue out her campaign. She wins the seat in the Senate, I think. And then she pushes to get rid of the purge. And I think she's successful. But what was interesting is right at the end, there's like a radio that's going, or it's like a TV that's, um, newscaster that's talking about her win. And as soon as she wins, they say that rioting and looting broke out. And, um, again, hearing this, it's just like, wow, I feel like it's really hitting home for me. Um, but it's, it brought up an interesting perspective because again, if this is, if these are people who are supporting the purge, my assumption is that they are white people because, um, that's kind of what they've shown with like the whole NFFA members and people who supported the NFFA were 
predominantly white. And so when they talked about these lootings and riotings, um, I am assuming here, I am making an assumption, but I assume that the rioting and looting were white people. And thinking about that was uh, a bit of a twist for me because um, as of late, not many looting and rioting occurrences were from white people. (laughs) Um, Lately, it's been tied to groups like Black Lives Matter. Um, Some of the Black Lives Matter protests broke out in riots and boy, do white people love bringing that up. Um, I talk about any any mention of like Black Lives Matter, people love white people love playing that card that like oh but they're like you know they're they're rioting and looting, which completely dismisses everything that the Black Lives Matter movement has fought for. And I I feel silly having to say this, but obviously I do not support looting and rioting. I think that form of violence is not accepted. But what I will say is that I think we need to stop asking this whole, not not even asking, just stop this pointing out the obvious, you know, stop pointing out that looting and rioting is bad, but instead ask um, why, why are people looting and rioting? And, um, And so that's why it was so refreshing that at the end of election year, the purge election year, um, you heard about looting and rioting, but it was white people. And that's when it like dawned on me that, you know, these lootings and these riots, um, again, I I don't justify them, but it's clear that something was taken from these people, you know, and these people being you know, black people. And so it highlights, and I, I so, so I like that the purge highlighted that because I, again, assuming that these lootings and writings were white people, it's, it's because something was taken from them. It's something that they valued and something that they felt was their right was taken from them. And so they broke out in rioting. And so if this happens in this movie, then like, what does that tell you about the real world? And so that's what I kind of took from that is that, um, and again, rioting and looting is bad, but there's this assumption that these riots and these, this looting is just because people are evil. I had a, had a discussion with somebody who, you know, when this first broke out and there was rioting and looting going on and they were just like, that's stupid. That's so stupid of them. They're, they're destroying their community. That's stupid. But what they didn't take into account is that why is this happening? You know, why are people rioting and looting? So again, with the purge kind of showing that rioting and looting is happening because people felt that their right was taken away. Why do you think these riots and these this looting is happening. Now, of course, there's exceptions because there are some cases where these uh, riots and looting were um, instigated by people not in the protests. But, um, you know, there, there, are, there were also cases where it was the protesters that just broke out in violence and people are so quick to, like, dismiss it. Um, without asking why. And I, just, I, I think it's interesting. I'm not, 
I mean, I'm like, I am kind of asking this question rhetorically um, because I'm, I'm trying to make a point here that the conversation is is usually pointing the finger, but not coming from an understanding perspective. Um, so I just want to uh, to bring that up and hopefully when, you know, if you if these ever come up in your daily conversations, um, you you have a, a question that should be asked when talking about rioting and looting. Um, I will share my personal beliefs that I think that these riots and this looting broke out because similar to the purge, there there are people in America right now who feel that they have their rights um, taken away, that they're, that they're not being treated fairly by the system and that there is something that is uh, hurting them and that's why you see these incidents, um, because, you know, you know, the, the immediate dismissal is always like, oh, well, you know, I'm OK with peaceful protests. But are you really, though? Because uh, if the peaceful protests were heard and listened to and understood, then I don't think that there would be much violence breaking out because I don't think that these people breaking out in violence are violent people. I don't think it's, uh, you know, an inherent like violent tendency that they just want to, you know, get it all out, uh, similar to the people in the purge. Um, I mean, obviously those people did have violent tendencies, but like in real world America, I think if the purge were to really happen in America, there would be more cases of thievery because people want to take something because they probably feel powerless that they have nothing. I think there would be more, uh, looting than like murder and stuff that you see in in the purge films so anyway these are just my thoughts about these purge movies i, I really enjoyed the series i think it's very good um you know on a surface level it's just very entertaining but i think it has a lot to offer on this commentary of um the american system in general and of course it's the extreme of um you know creating a day where crime is completely legal is obviously absurd but um then again there are a lot of absurdities in the american system that um, are a little more subtle and having a film that kind of exposes it and um creates this like obviously bad idea kind of helps me reflect on what um the uh how the American system actually is and to look out for those like subtle purge like systems within our country. And I think they do exist. And um, I'm not going to babble on about like a lot of politics because I'm not an expert in that field. But these are things that are very important for this upcoming election to consider. Um, anyway, these are just my thoughts on the series again really liked it would recommend it even if it's just uh to observe at a very surface level of entertainment they were entertaining movies um so yeah thank you for listening to the podcast um and we will see you guys next time have a happy halloween and uh, i really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast thank you very much